service in the news. Good morning and welcome to Doesn't Screen Must Be Free. My name is Andrew McGuire and this is another episode of Viral Service. Now, the clip you just heard, kind of a long clip I'm going to admit, is from CNN actually and it was uh, posted seven years ago. Now this is about Carnival Cruise Lines. I'm going to be talking a lot about them, but I'm going to be talking about cruises in general today. I think it's going to be, I don't want to say a lighter episode. But I want to say a lot of my episodes I try to kind of analyze and talk to you guys about what lessons we can learn. Uh, being unfamiliar with cruises in general and not having been in the industry, <clears throat> I can't necessarily say what things should have been done instead. I can only comment on the fact of what's happening in the story and how I feel about it. I will preface this all also by saying that kind of like my United episode, I want to say I don't enjoy flying. I don't like it. I don't like the experience. But it can be unavoidable. Cruises, on the other hand, I don't understand why anyone goes on them. I don't understand the appeal. I don't understand anything about them. So you have to take everything I'm about to say with a certain grain of salt. I'm going to try to put that bias aside, but we know sometimes you can't. Now again, that clip is from CNN, and they alluded to 
a lot of incident incidents and it was a, a two minute clip and some of those stories when you dig into them are so much worse and the reason I'm, I'm talking about cruises is because during this time now we don't want to hear about coronavirus we don't want to hear about covid it's just depressing but cruises are set to start up again in august and august 1st is like the first day they can set sail and carnival has already said they're going to first day have people out on the water these cruise lines are literally packing thousands of people into such small spots that it's really easy to see how sicknesses and illnesses can be spread among them because everyone is in such tight quarters uh, we know that historically speaking, so many people like got sick and would spread it to the entire ship by being in these enclosed spaces. Now, obviously, we're, we're talking, you know, when people were on boats to come to America or on boats going across the Pacific Ocean, like people really didn't have much of a choice on how they traveled. <clears throat> Titanic was probably the most famous early luxury liner where each person had their own cabin um, and that kind of stuff. And if we're going to talk about why cruises are terrible, in my opinion, Titanic sank, supposed to be unsinkable. They didn't have enough lifeboats because they really thought they were awesome. Um, and I mean, there's a lot to go on that, but just... From my mindset, right off the bat, that's where we're coming from, is these are just boats that tip over and sink and, and run into things, right? Now, in 2016, in thedrive.com, Will Sable Courtney uh, wrote an article, uh, Seriously, Why Do People Still Go on Cruise Ships? Uh Royal Caribbean's Anthem of the Seas is just the latest in a long line of recent near misses and outright catastrophes, right? So what he goes on to say is that they basically sailed off into, it sounds like a storm reading the story, and the solution was instead of like postponing the, the sailing or or the, the, the trip or whatever, they just set sail <clears throat> and tossed the 4,000 passengers into their room and as compensation they were allowed to get anything they wanted out of the minibar which we know is a big source of revenue for people uh, co uh, companies like this you know there's always that joke that minibars are so expensive and, and they really are the ship suffered minimal damage according to the Royal, uh, Royal Caribbean press release and the damage that was incurred in no way affected the seaworthiness of the ship from uh, social media from postings from the passengers show that the storm caused a fair bit of havoc, unhinging ceiling fixtures and casting chairs, tables, planters, and much more. Anything else that was not bolted down onto the floor. I think that that's an important spot. Again, where I'm going to be talking about my general feelings to this and not necessarily that I'm right or that I'm more informed because I don't know this industry. Why isn't every furniture, I mean, chairs, obviously, kind of not. You have to be able to, like, scooch in and out of the table. But, like, why aren't tables bolted down? Why are furniture fixtures not bolted down? Planters should be kind of bolted in one spot, in my opinion. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. 
Mark Barney, a United States Coast Guard spokesperson, told ABC News, I can read, that they've been in contact with the Anthem of the Seas throughout the storm. No distress calls were issued, but Barney did say the Coast Guard is continuing to keep an eye on the situation. The ship is expected to make port in Cape Canaveral today as planned. Um, <clears throat> so you have, I mean, I guess it's tough because you don't want to just send out SOSs to every little thing, right? But you want to figure out, are we in danger, right? Now, this one, it sounds like it was just a near, he was talking about near misses, right? Um, everything seemed to work out. But again, just that experience, I'm not sure why anyone would want to go on a, a cruise again, right? Um, let's keep going through this article. Uh, I think this this episode, I, I'm going to be doing more direct I usually talk about the articles I read and, and kind of summarize them, but some uh, these are very interesting, so I kind of wanted to read through them with you guys. The Anthem of the Seas, Meteorological Maritime Mishap, yeah, I can't read EBC News, but I can read that, is just the latest in a long line of near misses and minor accidents for the cruise ship industry. Anthem's sister ship, ship Explorer of the Seas, suffered two major outbreaks of gastrointestinal disease in the last two years. A norovirus epidemic in 2014 that infected 684 of the 4,200 passengers and forced Royal Caribbean to cancel the cruise partway through and a germ outbreak last year that sent 182 passengers running to the head with a stomach infection. So we're talking about right now what we're talking about is these companies wanting to reopen, to set sail again, to bring their people out on the ships. And before there was even a pandemic, before there even was an epidemic, before there was anything, the COVID-19, they were already these incubators of sickness, right? So I'm not sure you know, if they're going to get these numbers back. I know a lot of people are excited to go back on cruises. Sure. Um, but I feel like you're going to have a lot of reticence. Now, if you listen to this podcast, uh, I talk about Doug Stevens a lot. He's really my idol as far as this kind of like customer service and retail goes. You know, what he's saying about retail is if you look into the numbers, and it's not just him saying this, but, but this is where I got the information. If you look into the numbers, so many people are changing the way they're going to be shopping, right? And if it's just something as simple as people are less likely to go to the store to buy apples, they'd rather order them online and get them like delivered. I don't know how that translates to anything except putting thousands of people in a closed system on a boat will be a viable uh, entity, at least in the near future, right? Um, but again, cruises are kind of this weird system where no matter how many bad stories there are, they're able to squirm their way out of it. When we heard, listened to the CNN clip earlier, you know, you heard them talk about these numerous, numerous things 
that it happened. And then at the end, they have the clip of the gentleman saying, yeah, but they're still good company. I, I don't know how you get that to a point where you can do all this bad stuff and have all this go wrong and still be considered a good company. Like, what's a bad company in that in that circumstance, right? Um, now, reading more. Uh, so a lot of people got sick, obviously. Uh, Princess Cruise's Crown Princess suffered its own norovirus outbreak during a cruise from Venice, Italy to Galveston, Texas in 2012. Around 100 passengers came down with the disease hot on the heels of two smaller norovirus outbreaks early in the year. But the ship is better known for its 2006 listing accident. Believing the ship's autopilot to be causing excessive tight turns, the second officer assumed manual control and in an attempt to correct the problem proceeded to spin the ship's wheel from port to starboard and back again at increasingly violent angles. The tank slapper resulted in 14 serious injuries and 284 minor ones, most caused by flying deck chairs and other unsecured objects. Oh boy. So, you have this guy, second in command of the ship, says, the autopilot's wrong. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to drive this 100-ton piece of metal and figure out how to do it safely. He drives back and forth and somehow gets this giant hunk of metal to maneuver fast enough that just furniture is flying everywhere and hitting people and hurting them and injuring them. And this is like a guy who thinks he knows what he's doing. At the hell, the helm. Is that the right word? Helm? Uh, in charge, right? So, it's overconfidence that they think they're going to be knowing what they're doing and they're still injuring people, right? The list goes on. In 2010, a trio of rogue waves slammed into the Lewis Majesty, killing two and injuring 14. Um, so, again, nothing, that's not even something you can plan for. Just rogue waves, just waves, just slammed into it and four, a bunch of people got hurt and two people died. Just because you're on the ocean. Uh, someone I, I like to, uh, I mean, this isn't, again, like from one person, but uh, David Bell, <clears throat> who's a great podcaster, uh, works with Tom Ryman on Gamefully Unemployed. Should give their uh, podcast a listen to. It's a much more broad um, movie and uh, television-based podcast. So I really think you guys would love them. But anyway, David Bell always says, the ocean doesn't want us in there. It's just trying to throw us out. Uh, I think Jerry Seinfeld made the joke that surfing is just essentially the ocean throwing us out. Uh, so again, not necessarily um, something to do with us. Uh, also, another person who says that a lot is Adam Todd Brown, who runs the conspiracy... Well, he runs the entire Unpops network, but there's a conspiracy episode about the Titanic and also on their other podcast, Pretty Scary Boo, they have uh, stories about uh, haunted 
cruises and scary cruise stories like that. So I would check those out if you can. I will try to remember to put a link to them in the notes. And I'm also going to note this art, uh, link to this article and link to that CNN video since I'm, like I said, I normally summarize them and I don't necessarily feel like I say where they're from, but I think these, because I'm taking so much from them, I really would like you guys to go visit them and make sure they get the clicks and the views that they deserve because it is their stories. I'm just commenting on them. Carnival Cruise Line, though, has been the worst hit over the last few years, with several of its most prominent ships incurring assorted tribulations. In February 2013, Carnival Triumph suffered a fire in its engine room that knocked out power to the ship, leaving in adrift in the Gulf of Mexico for several days. Its septic systems rapidly overflowed, sending feces spilling into the passenger areas to add insult to injury where the dock it, while it docked in mobile for repairs two months later, Triumph broke free of her moorings and crashed into an army corps of engineering ships, uh, killing one. Now, <clears throat> this is, uh, this incident, I have, no, I have the story on this one, it's called, uh, nicknamed Poop Cruise, they actually called it. Disaster timeline, how Carnival went from fun ship to poop cruise. Uh, this is from Business Insider. Uh, Christina Austin wrote this February 20th, 2013. Um, and they kind of say the same thing. The septic systems backed up, right? Uh, there was no AC. Because the septic systems were backed up, people were having to use their trash cans as restrooms. Um, basically, they got a reenactment of what it was like to be on the Mayflower. Kind of what I'm getting from it. Not exactly fun. Uh, and even in this one. So the the other article that we're reading together <clears throat> kind of goes back to like 2006. This story talks about this incident. And then it says, this type of disaster is not new for Carnival. It experienced very similar situations in 1998, 1999, and 2010. Uh, let's not forget about Costa and talks about the ship that sank in Italy they talked about in CNN. So I suppose since all these stories kind of overlap and have these same examples, you could argue that they are the minority. This doesn't happen. Most cruises go off without a hitch. You could say that. Yeah, that's fair. But, nah. Nah, bro. So, I want you to really think about this. So, let's see. Continuing on. Triumph Sibling, Carnival uh, of the the Drive article. Triumph Sibling, Carnival Splendor, also suffered an engine room fire in 2010, leaving it unable to move under its own power off the coast of California. Passengers were airdropped Navy rations by helicopters from the USS Ronald Reagan as the ship was towed to San Diego. The Carnival Dream suffered a generator malfunction in 2013 while in port of St. Martin, knocking out some plumbing and forcing cruise lines to cancel its trip. This only days after the Carnival elation suffering a steering malfunction had to be shadowed into port by a tugboat. So, 
these boats just break a lot all the time. And this is kind of funny, right? So they had to be airdrop supplies while they were getting towed, um, meaning they didn't have enough supplies on board. And that's kind of a running thing where these ships, when one part breaks, it's almost this chain reaction where everything breaks, where there's no water, no running water, no septic system, no food. And they're just these enclosed islands where there is no escape. Now, my problem with cruises beyond this, um, and for the record, when I thought about doing this episode is when I found out Carnival was going to open on August 1st. I was like, yeah, let me look into it and see what I can find. Maybe they'll be... Like, that's kind of my thought process when I'm doing these episodes. Just so you know, like, I'll remember a story or I'll hear a story that makes me go, hmm, what else can I find? Um, I never liked cruises because I think they're just hotels on oceans where there's really nothing to do. And most people that have been on them, enjoyed them, tell me there's like casinos, there's movies, there's stuff like that. Cities have the same thing. They also have hotels. And I can leave the city if I want. You know, just saying. Um, so that's kind of part of this. Is These systems, when they go wrong, trap people on them. And that's what I mean when I say, like, I don't necessarily have a solution for this. I don't have something I can say... Well, this is how we're going to fix it because I don't know if you can fix it. You know, I talk about operations a lot uh, in this in this thing and policies and procedures and and obviously your policies and procedures are to make sure that the ship is functioning and and you're hitting all those points on the checklist. But they're saying that these ships do hit those checklists, and I can't say that they don't because I don't. I'm not a mechanic. I'm not. And so as someone who's not a mechanic, I can't say much about what needs to be done on these ships. But obviously there's something in the maintenance program where they're okaying ships that aren't necessarily okay. Um, you know, if you take your car to a mechanic after a long time not going there, and you're going to be like, oh, I wish I brought it yesterday or something. And they're going to say, no, the problem didn't happen overnight. Right? Hopefully we all get me... Uh, regular maintenance on our vehicles and the question is do they because these ships are being used so often and so quickly the question is do they get the proper maintenance you know are they being taken off the line now one would think now would be a perfect time to do that ships are shut down anyway might as well do a very thorough uh, reworking of them right to figure out how can we provide the same services in a um, socially responsible and social distancing kind of way, right? I think that's a big problem with a lot of companies are having right now, not just cruises, but is how are we going to make these excursions safe for our customers, right? Um, and so we're, we're pretty much... a almost at the end of this particular article. So, but it's the Splendor sister ship, the Costa Concordia, suffered the greatest cruise ship disaster in recent history. On a January 12, uh, to the, uh, January 2012 cruise in the Mediterranean, the Costa hit a rock, opening a gash that flooded enough of the ship to cause it to capsize. 
coming to a rest on its side in shallow waters. In spite of the slow sinking speed and calm waters, the mismanagement of the evacuation left 32 dead and nearly 300 marooned on board after the captain abandoned ship. Wow. Um, we all know captain goes down with the ship, right? That's kind of an old saying. And I think that that's where this breakdown is, where we have to figure out how much responsibility do the captain and everyone else have, and the crew have, and how much responsibility does the company have? Um, it, it's kind of a tough call, but I, I would say when we really look at it, I've said it before, like you need to empower your employees, but I guess this is the opposite side of that, where because these ships are islands, the, the crew is getting so much leeway, right? That they don't have to like really respond to anybody. They just kind of deal with it in the minute in that at that time and doesn't come out well, right? So I, I kind of mentioned offhandedly that a lot of these stories kind of end up with like food shortages and stuff. Grand, uh, this is from the Independent, uh, and this do not see. Oh, is from Monday, March 9th, twenty twenty. So this was just a couple months ago. Um, so this one's fairly new, and this is actually in response to COVID, the coronavirus. Grand Princess passengers have been left fighting over food on the three. 1,500 passenger cruise ship held off the coast of California due to a coronavirus outbreak. Margaret Barlett, 77, a British woman on board of the vessel, described her experience with BBC News and how food was handed out. The food was handed out was rotten. The food is rotten and terrible, and we have to fight over it. It's not good enough. We're going stir crazy, stuck in the cabin. It's a bit depressing when we saw land and it was sunny and we couldn't get out. Her account mirrored that of her other passengers who decided to keep public updated about life on ship through Twitter. Um, and I think that's part of this, right? A lot of this is coming out now. I think it used to be easier to kind of gloss over bad experiences with good PR because social media wasn't a thing. I think that this is one of the things we're learning is I feel like, and this is just an opinion, but I feel like going forward, these horror stories about cruise lines is really going to get to them at the end of the day. Because they can't just put a happy face on it anymore. Like, these are people, these, you know, 3,500 people dealing with this issue is not the same thing as a company being a jerk over a refund in a store. This is impacting thousands of people. And I don't know if they can fix that because again, it's, it's, it's kind of funny to think about cruise lines when they have bad experiences, it's never like one passenger had a bad experience. It was the whole ship worth of people had bad experiences. I don't, I don't get how people keep going back when that's the case. Like if you go to a store and you get bad service, you can be like, ah, I just went on a bad day. 
Now, this ruined everybody's like week-long trip because they were stuck on that boat. Mark Pace, a Florida man on board, has tweeted multiple updates per day about life on the ship. On Friday, he revealed it was already late in the evening and his cabin had yet to receive dinner. I hope that Grand Princess does better tomorrow evening. 11.30 and dinner had not been delivered. Another passenger revealed food rationing was going on across the ship. Um, There is... uh, I don't... I'm trying to think of the name of it. There's a horror movie that just came out or just released on Netflix. I don't know if it just came out. That's not fair. Um, Forget what it's called. But the entire premise of it is that there's a prison and the prison has these three... It's revealed that it's 350 floors or 333 floors. And every day... They allow food to go down on this table that stops at each floor. And the prisoners eat as much as they want or as little as they want. And then it goes down and it goes down and it goes down and it goes down. And what happens is by the end, there is no food. So I understand rationing because rationing is what you need to do. But at the same um, time, the question becomes, if we could airlift food over to this other ship, why are we not airlifting rations over to Carnival? Um, I'm sorry, this is not Carnival. Grand Princess. Um, Because if you're at the point where you're rationing food to these 3,500 people, now I had mentioned this in a previous episode um, of this, I don't think it was this show, but a a previous podcast, I mentioned the idea of food and uh, bread and circuses. You got 3,500 people and you ain't giving them bread, you're going to have a problem. Uh, stuck in our room aboard the Grand Princess, a passenger named Alan wrote on Saturday. They are rationing food and now did not bring a meal tonight. They told me they are out of food for the night. All we had was a small salad for lunch. Breakfast was a small bowl of fruit. People, uh, Someone better decide what to do quickly. Food rationing is not the only problem passengers experienced. I feel waiting for there. I opened a box. Stuck in a room. Let's see. Oh. That's interesting. They put the graphics of the tweet after that. Cell service and Wi-Fi on the ship has been intermittent, posing a problem for passengers to get in touch with family members. I mean, getting in touch with your family is very important. I think we can all agree being stuck at home is no fun. Um, And it's trying to make ourselves, uh, you know, feel connected. Uh, You don't want to be disconnected. Uh, but I don't know if I would argue it's more important food, but I guess they led with food. Uh, the ship, which is preparing to dock off the coast of Oakland on Monday, also has one passenger on board who needs to start her chemotherapy treatments. So this is something where this might have been her final splurge. It was kind of her last thing, and she's like, you know what? I'm about to go into chemotherapy. Let me have one last go. And this is what happens to her. Carrie Colstow, 60, told CNN she was diagnosed with neurodosrin cancer 18 months ago and has already gone undergone four rounds of chemotherapy. She took the trip with her husband, Paul, and the couple now fears her health will be impacted. Um... 
Once passengers have, are evacuated from the vessel, they are expected to get shuttled off to separate facilities for a 14-day quarantine. Ms. Colstow just wanted the chance to get tested for coronavirus quickly so she could return home for her treatments. I have rights too, Carrie said, and I, if I don't have the coronavirus, I need to get that found out sooner rather than later because every day we argue about whether we, the ship, are going and what the protocols are going to be, my cancer is growing. Again, it's it's tough because this probably was kind of her last splurge, kind of her last big go and before she went back to more chemo. Um, and it is fair to say that it, it sucks that she has to, A, get stuck in the ship and now be quarantined for 14 days. Um, at least 21 people have the coronavirus from only 46 passengers tested. So they tested 46 people and 21 people had it. It's almost half of the people tested. One person died last week while on the ship. Cool, 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 cool. And that's where that story ends. So, again, I guess I keep coming back to this, that it's just the ship sink, they fall over, they capsize, the crew just abandon ship, the crew injure people because they think they know what they're doing, and then you get people who are just getting sick, and it's an isolated area, so everyone gets sick, and look, man, I don't I don't have a lesson for this episode, there's no, take this from it, I, I, I don't think, I, I mean, I talked a little bit about a couple things, but really, just why, why, why do people take cruises, That that's what this is about. That's what this episode's about. Is that these ships are just terrible and they're breeding grounds for disease and they want to start sailing the second they're allowed to. And I don't know what their precautions are going to be. It's probably not going to be any. I don't know. They haven't really shown any concerned before. And the idea that the ones that have these issues are considered the good ones is amazing to me. I think that that's what's the most, the most amazing about this. I think that's my takeaway, is that I never liked cruises as an idea. I never did. But now, I have this to back me up and say, this is why I don't like cruises. Um, I mean, it's going to be a little bit of a... It's definitely shorter than the last episode. Ikea went on forever. I didn't realize how long I was talking until I actually went to put it together. I want to thank you all for listening. Um, I hope that you will consider listening to our other shows. Um, we have... Superstore Sunday every Sunday and that is a rewatching of the show Superstore um, episode by episode we talk about it those episodes uh, I feel like as we're getting into the groove are becoming a little longer because we can start talking about the different things we see in the show so it's a really fun thing to do uh, Mr. Podcast Are You Free which is a rewatching of Are You Being Served uh, which is a very fun episode, uh, show to do because we kind of look at 
this 50-year-old show, and it's almost fun applying modern ethics and ideas to what they're doing and how much retail has changed and yet hasn't changed in certain ways. Um, we also have 10 items or less, which I will be recording and releasing hopefully next week. I have to get in touch with our, my co-host on that one. Uh, last time we did uh, six mall songs. This time coming up, we're going to be doing a show about convenience stores and television shows. So that's going to be a fun one. Uh, so those are our four main shows, which in, including this one. Uh, working on getting a new show recorded. Uh, do not know when that will be released, though. Uh, working with the person who will be the co-host of that one. Um, we did release a new website. Really basic. It's just a Wix website. Nothing super fancy, but we're starting off small, and we're going to hopefully grow with your help. Uh, I will also put that in the show notes. I really appreciate you all, and you have a wonderful day. Thank you.